You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 36 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome on the line the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hey, yeah, I'm not too bad. And yourself? I, I am very well. Excellent. I am very well. I've recovered from my weekend at Odd Down, mm. <laughs> um, where we did our last Bath Mine bucket collection. Coming over to BA2. That's very much so. And uh, only the second time I've been to the ground. The first time um, I was commentating for Summer Valley FM. This time I was commentating for our very own Match Day Live programme. Um, the second time we've done that. So a huge thank you, not only for Odd Down um, for hosting that, but also to Ray Johnson, of course, a, a former Western League winning manager of Odd Down, who was, uh, who was with me, and James Healy, our, um, our social media manager. Um, a good time was certainly had by all, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch upon it a bit more, I think, later on in the podcast. But uh, Match Day Live 2 was another great success for the Tool Station Western League, and um, uh, well, as 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 was the, the the collection for Bath Mind, which has been a really phenomenal um, campaign, a really phenomenal partnership. Which, um, as I say, we will talk a bit about a bit about later in the podcast. We've got an absolute top draw podcast for you. Um, this week we have got interviews with Stuart Henderson the manager of Tavistock and also Chris Allway the manager of Longwell Green it's the first time we've had Chris uh, on the podcast so it's always great to get here from a new manager Um, but we will kick things well I say we will kick things off we will kick things off on Friday the 1st of April this is no April fool Tom (laughs) because Tavistock it's Friday night football Tavistock were at home to Saltash United yeah, huge game, um, and it went the way of the home home team. So uh, yeah, obviously uh, going great guns in the league, and uh, yeah, they seem to have uh, got back into um, unstoppable form. Uh, a four-one win for them over Saltash, uh, one of the one of the other top sides in the division. So a real statement of intent, I think, on Friday night at Langford Park. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, it was pretty pretty um, pretty easy win for them to be honest. Um, Dan Evans heading home uh, pretty early on to put them in front. Uh, and then, yeah, a couple more, couple more goals uh, before the break. Uh, Liam Prince scoring a penalty, adding to his um, huge tally this season. And then Josh Parry uh, backing the ball into the net uh, just before halftime uh, to put it, make it three 0 uh, There was then a, a goal uh, for Warren Door, a headed effort uh, to to make it four 0 and really, uh, yeah, obviously uh, put 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 Saltash, um, completely, uh, yeah, on the back on the back foot. Uh, they did manage to get a late one. Neil Slateford scoring for them. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a tough night for them and a, a fantastic one for, for Tavistock. Stuart Henderson, of course, the manager of Tavistock. Tavistock, our league, our Premier Division leaders. Um, Stuart's been on the podcast many times. Um, he is um, an excellent manager to uh, interview on the podcast because he um, no quarter is ever asked for and no quarter is ever given. And that's exactly how this interview went. And, uh, well, I started by asking about the elephant in the room. Given your position in the league and given how close we are to the end of the season, how are you seeing this? Are you taking every game as it comes or is this now your title to lose? <laughs> on the spot. Um, no, you know, it, it's got to be every, um, every game that comes. You know, there's only two or three 
couple of weeks ago that you know we had a you know a little bit of a, a downturn in our own form and you know we were kind of not out of our hands but kind of relying on other results to go away you know and obviously you know teams had to play each other sort of like now or like sort of house and those type of teams and obviously there were some draws and you know defeats and stuff like that and obviously we we won our game so you know we've gone back to the top and got a little bit of the pitching again but it can all change you know anyone can beat anyone I've, I've said before I don't feel there's a lot of difference between the top of the league and the bottom of the league and you know hence why you see some of the results you do so you know we've got some really tough games you know we've got to go to Bitten we've got to go to Buckland you know both those teams you know if you'd asked me at the start of the season and um, you know that they would have been up there in the title race, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they've kind of dropped off a little bit. But, you know, on their day, you know, Bitten are more than capable of beating us. So are Buckland and we've got to go to Exmouth as well. We never win at Exmouth. So we know we've got a tough, you know, a tough run in. Um, but, you know, arguably, you know, the other teams will say they have as well. So, you know, it's, um, it's going to be an interesting two or three weeks for the end of the season. It, it certainly is. Now, um, I'm a believer that sort of possession is nine-tenths of the law. So are you happy to be in the position that you're at? Or do you think that there would perhaps have been less pressure on you if you'd been in the chasing pack? I do think there is less pressure on you you're on, the, you know, on the chasing pack. We had, um, we had a 22-match unbeaten run, which we, you know, we were on top of the league for five months. And then we were off it for, I think, for one game. And then we're back on top again. So... You know, um, we've got boys that, you know, have won, you know, a couple of Southwestern leagues with me and Ken, and now obviously Callum who's joined us recently. And, you know, boys that were, you know, top of the Western League and they got curtailed with COVID. So, you know, it's not that they're, you know, inexperienced to being out in front. Um, I think they've put a bit put more pressure on, you know, playing the leaders today and, you know, that naturally kind of, pipes up the opposition but you know with five games to go it's a good place to be and you know it is in our hands and you know we've just got to treat every game that comes and you know hopefully um hopefully you know we'll be we'll be at the top after those five games um let's talk a bit more about those teams that are behind you mausel first because i've spoken to many managers on the podcast um this season and they describe mausel as being the best footballing team in the premier division would you agree with that no, it depends um, what you mean, but when you say football, I suppose in the purest form, um, you know, they get the ball down, they pitch the carpet down there. Um, you know, I don't fully understand the programme, but from what I do believe, you know, I understand, you know, some of the people have got three or four players, young players that have been released by other professional clubs that are in some kind of full-time model down there, and they do play a good brand of football. However, whether it's conducive to play, play that kind of football when you're away from home on difficult pitches, um, it's down to people's opinions. So, you know, no doubt they are a good football inside. Um, you know, on the, on the flip side, you could say Exmouth, you know, in my opinion, are the most difficult side to beat. I think Kev's, you know, I'm good friends with Kev's, his side are, are very efficient. Um, you know, I've seen them three or four times this season, and they never look like they've seen a goal. They're well set up and they're well organised. And, um, you know, I understand from the game down at Mausel and I've watched the game up at Hexmouth that, 
you know, over the two games, in both games, they were, they were the better side in in terms of um, chances created. But they play a completely different brand of football than what Mazel do. So it's kind of different people's viewpoints, you know, sometimes the best brand of football isn't always the most effective football. So um, I'm probably, you know, caught somewhere between two stools, really. Um, you know, Jake's foot was really, really easy on the eye. Um, and the football that Kev plays is, again, they kind of do a bit of everything. You know, they can go long, they can play a bit as well. And the team's set traps all over the park. We, like I say, we, I can't remember, I think we've won up there once in about five years. So, you know, we're certainly not relishing going up there on a Wednesday night in front of there a massive crowd which will probably be predominantly excellent supporters but no it is what it is um i know that you were very disappointed um not to get the chance to go up with parkway when the fa restructured the the, the leagues but has that focused your ambition this season do you, you know is is winning the western league is getting promotion this time round even more important to you i wouldn't say so you know i feel that probably um we lost three or four players in the summer, which everyone knew about. Obviously, Jack Prego had been with us a long time. You know, he wanted that challenge of Southern League football and obviously moved on to Parkway. Matty Andrews, who we signed in the summer, obviously went to Parkway as well. And, you know, we lost the likes of Aaron Bentley and Tyler Elliott and Reece Shanley. So, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of, sorry, a lot of people were writing us off and, but it's going to be a transition season and, you know, we were going to be nowhere near it and, you know, we didn't have the best of starts. But, you know, we were confident once we've got everyone fit and back, we had a lot of injuries and COVID during the summer. But, you know, we will be competitive and, you know, that's how it's turned out to be. Um, you know, I think the biggest challenge for us is, is you know, we're not, you know, Exmouth, for example, are far bigger crowds than what we do. Um, the challenge for the... I think it'd be more of a challenge for the club whether it could be sustainable at the next level um, if we go up. You know, the players certainly want it. Me, Ken and Callum, you know, certainly raised the challenge of going up another level. Um, and I think on the pitch, we would, you know, we would compete. I think we could avoid, you know, I think the first season up into a new league, if we were lucky enough to go up, is you just want to survive. And, you know, I'd like to think we could survive. I certainly don't think we could do what Parkway done because... We haven't got the resources off the pitch to do that. Well, let's talk about your performances on the pitch then. Um, a 4-1 win against Saltash on Friday night. Um, was that as comfortable as a result as the scoreline suggests? Um, I think you know it's been a good. It's been a good. It was a good six days. We won one 0 at Kensington. Then we played Cleveland on the Tuesday, one four one, and then one four one again on the on the Friday against Saltash. I think it was the start. We got out of the blocks really well and. I think in other games where we haven't taken chances and kind of people get a little bit nervy at this time of the season and um, you know, the difference in, in both of those two games was that we scored three early goals against Cleveland. We were 3-0 up in just over 20 minutes and I think we were 3-0 up against so in half an hour. So, um, you know, the cliche goals change games, but you know, it is very true. You know, the last were able to relax, you know, in the second half against Soltash, we were kind of happy for them to, you know, have more of the ball and just kind of protect what we had. 
it's very easy to talk about the games that you've won this season because there's been a lot of them. So I'm going to talk about the games that you haven't. Um, in the last uh, in the last couple of months, um, you were held at Canesham and you lost uh, to Ashton and Backwell. So, I mean, you talked you talked earlier in the interview about the sort of the strength in depth in the Premier Division this season. Is is, is that what you uh, is that what you put those sort of blips down to? You know, I think every team has a little bit of a wobble. I missed. I missed two games when I was away um, and we drew both of them, Wellington and Canesham. But, you know, you've got, to, you've got to give those teams every credit. And, you know, both those, it's like I said at the start of the interview, you know, you know some of the hardest games we've had against teams sort of like in, in lowly positions, you know, and you've seen, you know, you've seen the form of... Um, the teams down near the bottom have improved because obviously they're trying to stay in the division. Um, so whether they've had a little bit of you know change in their squads or just uh, you know the extra motivation to obviously pick up points, but you know in both in you know, in, you know the game against Ashton that well, you know the better team the better team won, and that wasn't us. You know they were they were deserved winners on the day we were nowhere near it. Yeah, we were missing one or two players, but it, it shouldn't make that much of a difference. And but you know, on the day we were a little bit off it, they were more an up for it and they totally deserved to beat us, you know, and um on that performance I was surprised to see, you know, kind of where they are in the league. But there there isn't a lot of difference between the top and some of the teams near the bottom in my opinion. Don't get me wrong, you know, Bridport have had their problems, but, you know, other other teams like you know, Cadbury Heath, for example, beat beat Exmouth. Um, Ashing and Blackwell beat us. So it's um, you know it's very difficult. You know, it, it, it is very difficult. It you, you're just going to turn up all the way to the top, uh, down near the bottom. You're going to win. It doesn't work like that at all. You know, and you just got to be slightly off it, and, and you'll get you'll get undone. You know. Well, your next two Saturday matches are going to be crucial in obviously how this season um, plays out. You've mentioned them earlier, you know, Bitten on Saturday and then a week later it's Buckland. And I mean, although those clubs have had, you know, their difficulties this season, certainly recently Bitten's form has tailed off, you've got to take those games um, seriously because, you know, both sides are capable of, of getting a result against you. Oh, that does. You know, you know, Bitten have gone all the way down to Mousel. You know, and Mouser on on their own patch. I think we're the only team to have won down there this season. You know, and it was one all for a large period of the game. So, you know, obviously they they certainly haven't down tools, and you know they're putting in a shift. And you know, and I went and watched um, Buckland against Mouser when in the first half, you know, Buckland were the better side and went in one nil. I mean, Mouser were fantastic in the second half, but. Yeah, that doubt. Two difficult games, and you know sometimes those teams that are kind of playing with that freedom because they're not going to go up and they're not going to go down. You know, obviously players are relaxed and can express themselves. Where you know, I'd imagine just like ourselves, the players that Malvo and Exeter are bound to have a little bit of just kind of nervous energy because of obviously you know they're five games away from potentially getting promotion. And my thanks to Stuart for his time. Now we'll move on to the fixtures that were played on Saturday the 2nd of April and we'll start with Ashton and Backwell United. They were at home to Buckland Athletic and it was an incident-filled game. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, it eventually finished 2-all uh, and uh, fascinatingly enough as well, this one 
uh, a replay of a game that uh, took place just uh, four days previously uh, during the the midweek of <laughs> yeah last week. So I think they've got two write-ups in the in the bulletin. These these two teams going against each other, and uh, yeah, they cancelled each other out on Saturday in the end. Uh, and that well, yeah, Ashton defeated three 0 in that one. Um, but they did go ahead in the early stages here. Uh, Shea Bennington Mannings, I think we're going to start with uh, oh. name of the day. Yeah, yeah. double barreled always uh, gets a little bit of a, well, a foot up, in, doesn't it? Of <clears throat> course, what a legal firm they are. <laughs> I mean, they, if, you want, if you've got a personal injury claim, I'd certainly take it there. I would as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a good start for, to the game for Ashton uh, going in front. Uh, but uh, Buckland, Buckland did draw level. Uh, Ryan Bush uh, scoring midway through the first half. Uh, but it was Zach Ford who made it 2-1 on the cusp of half time. So uh, yeah, putting putting Ashton uh, putting putting Ashton ahead, and uh, yeah, it looked like they were going to hold on for all three points. So to to gain that, uh, yeah, uh, instant revenge, as I say. Uh, but uh, Buckland had the last laugh in this one. Uh, Kieran Bridger tucking away uh, the ball in the fifth minute of stoppage time. That came from a long throw by Charlie Hansen. Uh, the ball fell to Bridger, and uh, yeah, he managed to find enough space to 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 put the ball in the back of the net. So that finished 2-2. Now, moving on to what would have been for many people the game of the day, Helston Athletic entertained high-flying Exmouth Town, a real top-of-the-table clash here between two top sides, and it was the visitors that took the spoils. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, with uh, Tavistock's uh, big win on, on Friday night, the pressure was on those uh, the following day to sort of keep pace, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, Exmouth, on paper, a really, really difficult game uh, away at Helston, but they did manage to... Uh, to come out on top, a 2-1 victory for them. Uh, unbeaten in six coming into this one. Uh, uh, Helston, that was. Uh, but uh, it was Exmouth who, who started strongly and uh, took the lead off just 18 minutes through Levi Landricum. Uh, Aaron Denny was then uh, on hand to put on another assist. Uh, having, having set up the first, he then uh, yeah, assisted Ben Steer, who doubled their advantage after about half an hour or so. So a really, really brilliant start from, from Exmouth. Uh, Helston did manage to, to get one in the final couple of minutes, uh, Stu Bowker, so putting a bit of nerves into into the visitors. Uh, but they, they did hold out for all three points. And, uh, yeah, they're, well, they're, well, brilliant result. Obviously one of their most difficult games uh, for the remainder of the season. And, uh, yeah, they claim the three points. And I know that there's another package on social media, uh, on YouTube, um, of the highlights from that game. I haven't, I have to confess, I haven't had a chance to have a look at them yet, but um, I'm looking forward to uh, to watching that because I do think it was a it was a, an absolutely incident-packed game. So um, certainly worth checking that out on Piran Films. Uh, right, the next game is Mausel against Bitten. Of course, Bitten, you know, high-flying Bitten earlier in the season, they've gone off the boil a little bit, but I always thought that they would provide a stern test for Mausel, Tom, and that's how it proved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mausel just about edging out to a 2-1 win. Uh, Bitten, I think, have got a couple more uh, games against uh, those, those top sides over the, the final few few weeks, so they definitely could play spoiler, uh, spoiler yet, and they nearly did on Saturday, as you say, but it was Mausel who who, uh, yeah, also claimed the three points. Uh, Stephen Burt uh, putting them ahead. Uh, but, uh, yeah, then within uh, 10 minutes of the restart, uh, after after the break, it was David Giroux um, levelling for the visitors, uh, obviously putting putting pressure on Mausel, as I say, obviously, again, uh, having to follow on from Tavistock's Friday night win. Uh, but they did manage to, to pull through and, and gain the win. Uh, Louis Price bundling the ball home from a couple of yards out, uh, putting the Seagulls back in front. And they did hung, hang on to, to uh, yeah, secure maximum points. Uh, very important, of course, in the um, uh, you know in that Premier Division title race. Of course, mm. Exmouth and Mausel managing to uh, record 
wins to keep up with Tavistock. One final game to bring you in the Premier Division on Saturday, the 2nd of April. Uh, and it's, uh, well, something of a Somerset derby. 327 mm, people saw this game. I think we've saved the best till last time. I think this was the game of the day between Shepton Mallet and Clevedon Town. Absolutely, yeah. These two are, are really finishing the season strongly, uh, both comfortably in the top half. Uh, I think they were level on points coming into this one. So, um, yeah, and it was uh, Shepton who, were, well, maintained their fantastic form. Uh, I think that's now uh, six wins in the in a row uh, in the league, uh, a three-two victory for them over Clevedon. So, yeah, fun, uh, a brilliant game as well. Uh, Joe Morgan striking twice in the first half for the hosts. Uh, there was no goal uh, in between that to. to to get, get Cleveland on the board. So it was 2-1 at the interval to, to Mallet. Uh, and then, yeah, the game, well, really did, um, yeah, come down to a, a big moment around the 70th minute mark, I think it was. Uh, Cleveland attacking, couple of couple of clearances off the line, including the point-blank save. Uh, and the ball pretty much from that, that save, uh, well, cleared up field, uh, finding its way to Josh Williams. And, uh, yeah, he managed to, to, to beat a couple of defenders and, and the keeper uh, before putting the ball in the back of the net. Uh, so that made it 3-1. Obviously, uh, yeah, big... Big game-changing moment, that one. Uh, there was a, a, a stoppage-time uh, goal for Cleveland coming from Elliot Nicholson, uh, but it was too little too late for them, and it was Mallet who, yeah, uh, preserved their winning run. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving on to the first division, and we kick off at Hengrove. Uh, where the visitors were former league leaders, Welton Rovers, looking to record three points to keep them involved in that first division title race. But they left it awfully late, didn't they, Tom? Mm, yeah, they did. Uh, there was plenty of late drama in this one. Uh, a 1-0 win, so it was very, very tense, very tight. Uh, it was a, yeah, but it was Welton who just about <laughs> managed, to, managed to, to come out on top. Uh, substitute Toby Cole coming on to, to do the damage in front of goal. Uh, obviously, bringing him off the bench is pretty bit of a luxury. I think he's got more than 20 goals this year. So having having uh, the uh, the the available uh, am, uh, ammunition to 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 bring off the uh, off the off the replacements bench is always always good. I think there was an injury to to leading leading striker Jake Slocum. So I think we need to send our best to to the Welton forward. Uh, but yeah, as I say, Toby Cole coming off the bench to to put them ahead. Uh, but then a couple of minutes later, so we're we're talking sort of injury time. Uh, Hengrove awarded a penalty, so it looked like the points potentially were going to be shared. Uh, Giorgio Mancini stepped up, uh, but he was yeah thwarted by Alfie Kelsey, just 16 years old uh, in 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 goal for for Welton. Uh, managing to tip the uh, tip the penalty uh, around the post, and uh, yeah, as you say, they desperate for the three points, and that's that's how they did it. Well, I mean, tomorrow's headlines today, Tom. Where do we go with this? Old King Cole. Um, that's one direction. You go that way. What a band they were. Um, <laughs> now let's talk about Alfie Kelsey. Who was the um, the Hengrove penalty taker? We have had this name before, Giorgio Mancini. Now Giorgio Mancini is a wonderful name, of course mm. it is. But it could have been Roberto Mancini, and I reckon Alfie would have kept that one out. So hats off to Alfie Kelsey for securing all three points and for Welton Rovers. There, it's a really big shout for the young man, and uh, he deserves all the plaudits that he gets. Now, we're going to move on to Longwell Green Sports against Portishead. 
and uh, not a lot in this one, Tom. No, absolutely. Another, yeah, another, another tense, uh, close, close battle. But it was Longwell Green Sports, the home side, uh, coming out on top. Uh, goals from Ben Mitchell and Liam Oswin for them, uh, helping them to a two and win over Porter's Head at Shellard's Road. Well, that was all the excuse I needed to get in touch with Chris Allway, the manager of Longwell Green Sports. We've not had him on the podcast this season. And I, do, I know that, you know, a lot of the regular listeners do love hearing from um, from new managers if we can get them on. So I was really delighted that he was um, really keen to come on. And uh, we had a lovely chat and we started off by talking about that game against Portishead. And I started by asking Chris whether it was as close as the scoreline suggests. Uh, yeah, I think it probably was, to be honest. Um, we started fairly brightly, um, especially after sort of like the, the two previous games we've played against some, uh, two very good sides, Wincanton and Sherbourne. Um, we felt that Porter's Ed was a game that we could sort of play a little bit differently and maybe take the game to them a little bit more. Um, and it was quite tight for us, 15 minutes. Um, but I think we, we sort of got the ball down and moved it pretty well. Um, in all fairness, I think they probably scored against the run of play. A poor goal from our point of view, and, and we said at half time that we felt if we kept moving the ball well, that we we get opportunities, and we did. And yeah, I think you know you could. I, I would have been too disappointed with a draw, but I was pleased with the win. I think we were we were good value. Speaking to Eamon after, I've got a lot of time and respect for. Um, he sort of said that we were worthy winners, but you know they're a tough tough side to play against. Porter said, you know, so yeah, I was really pleased, really pleased. Now, what have you made of your side's performances since Christmas? I mean, you've beaten Hengrove, Devizes, and now Portishead. But are you disappointed that you haven't won more of those games? Yes, yes. We it's, it's something we're, we're you know we're mindful of, and we we try to work on at training. You know, there's a couple of games. Wells, we were four two up with a couple of minutes to go, and we've drawn four all. Um, that's one that really does stick out. Um, we lost away at Titherington, and we were we were exceptionally poor taking from them um, yeah and we've, we've always known this season was going to be a work in progress with, with a really young squad but again that's on that's on my shoulders as I've, I've sort of like decided to go down that route so you know yeah I, I would have loved to have won more games but I think equally a lot of these young lads have learned you know really valuable lessons against um, some seasoned Western League sides and yeah hopefully it'll stand us in good stead in, in the next few seasons so although disappointing also we have learned a lot as well um, so it's not not all all negative. There have been some positives amongst sort of some of those draws and losses, really. Well, that's the positives on the on the pitch. The positives off the pitch are the pitch, aren't they? I mean, all, all yeah. the developments that have gone on at the ground this season, of course, have been spectacular. We spoke to John Gibb about that earlier in the season on the podcast. And and another factor of your redevelopment on the, um, off the pitch is the crowds that you've been getting. I mean, they've been spectacular. So have they sort of been an added burden of pressure on your players to perform? Um, no, I don't think so, really. Maybe maybe the first um, the first game against Radstock, because um, a lot of these young lads, you know, we, we've taken from our reserves in third-team football and even under-18s football. So they've not been used to playing um, in front of crowds, anything like that. And, and to be honest, a big crowd for us not used to be sort of like playing Bitten, Boxing Day, uh, Oldland, Cabri, you know, your local rivals sort of like once or twice a year maybe. Um, but no, like we tried to say to the lads, embrace it. This is why we sort of, that's why you play any form of sport is to play in front of people and, and try and enjoy it more than anything. And now it's kind of, I know it sounds daft, but it's almost become the norm now to to see sort of quite a few faces down there. So um 
yeah, it, 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 if anything, I think it, it probably helps us more than hinders us, to be honest. That's a relief, because normally on the podcast, I, I try and spend a lot of these interviews trying to big our teams up. We want to get more people through the turnstiles. If you turn around and say, oh, my God, it's been a, you know, no, the players have buckled under the attention. We'd have had to have told, we would have had to have told them all to stay away. <laughs> yeah, no, they, you know, and you see sort of like quite a lot of familiar faces um, that sort of like do do the reins, you know. And I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the games we have had have been sort of quite high scoring and, and fairly entertaining. I think so. Um, hopefully that helps as well. Um, you're 14th in the table at the at the at the moment. I mean, it, it could be worse, but indeed it could be better. Do you think that's a fair reflection on? sort of where you are this season? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the age-old saying of the league dev doesn't lie, and it, it genuinely doesn't. After this many this amount of games, you, you're where you are for a reason. Um, I, I, you know, I think we've been a bit unlucky in games, but everyone's going to say that um, with injuries and the dreaded COVID. But no, I've got no, I've got no complaints whatsoever where we are. Um, if you would have offered me 14th at the start of the season in, in sort of like the rebuild process we, we had to do, I would have probably snapped your hand off at that. I think it's been really competitive this league this year. There's some really good sides. So yeah, no, please. Obviously, would like to be a little bit higher, but so you've only got four games um, left this season. I mean, what are the what, what's your what's your sort of ambition for the rest of this campaign? Um, well, I, we we sort of said to the lads after the Sherborne game last Saturday that one thing we we're really conscious of is not letting this season just peter out and just you know letting these games pass us by. So you know we've sort of. We've worked the lads really hard at training last week and we will do again this week just to try and sort of finish the season as strong as we possibly can because I think everyone at the club's worked too hard for us just to sort of, um, you know, not put the effort in for four or five games. So, you know, if we can win a couple, that would be fantastic. But as long as we're competitive and give good, a good account of ourselves, I'll be, uh, I'll be pretty pleased as we've got, you know, some tough tough games and most of them are local derbies to be honest so yeah if we can pick up a couple of wins I'd be chuffed. So it sounds to me then that your focus is still very much on this season have you allowed yourself to start thinking about your ambitions for next season yet? No not really um, like I say we from the outset from the start of this season we, we sort of had a plan of where we wanted to go with the club um, and you know that's probably going to take not just this season but maybe a couple of seasons so I think we know we know where we want to go and we're just conscious of yeah trying to finish this season as, as strong as possible we've set the players a target and you know hopefully we can meet that um, we'll see what happens uh, now what about the race for the title at the top of the division you've mentioned Sherbourne just now I mean what have you made of those top sides that you've come up against this season yeah tough um, yeah like you say I, I think everyone in the league to be fair has been been really competitive um, you know I, I, I personally think one of our toughest games has been against Bishop's Lydia this year um, when it came to our place a young really good football inside and you know they I thought they were really impressive um, but yeah that all the sides at the top are, are very very good we played Sherbourne a week ago and they're yeah they're a good side um, I think they can adapt to most most playing conditions in the way most teams play in this league they've uh, they've been the strongest side we've played against um, and then the week before we also played Wincanton who I think on their day going forward you, you probably won't come across much better so um yeah, it's interesting to see, and you know, Welton started the season extremely well, petered off a little bit, but now that they're back in it, so um, yeah, um, all those sides, Warminster, I could go on. There's, there's some really good sides <laughs> in this league this year, but um, yeah, if you've got my opinion, I think uh, I think Sherborne would be justified, uh, justified winners of this league, definitely. Yeah, certainly on the evidence I saw on Saturday, I think you 
I think you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. But moving away from Sherbourne, let's look at the other end of the table because you've got Devizes at home at the weekend. Now, yeah. it's not been a great season for the Wiltshire side, but you can't take that match for granted, can you? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And as as I keep saying to the lads, week in, week out, it's, there are no, no easy games in this league. Like I say, I think it's probably been as competitive as it has been for years. And um, we obviously went up on a, on a Tuesday night, as you well know, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, although we won, it was, you know, a really, really tough game and you, we were made to work really hard. And I thought, you know, Devizes had some really, really impressive young lads playing, to be honest. Um, and even if it doesn't work out for them this season, I think they've, they've probably got a bright future if they can keep hold of a lot of that squad because they, they had some really, really good young lads. Um, now, this is the first time we've had you on the podcast, Chris. It's been lovely to talk to you. But, of course, I can't finish this interview without asking the question that I ask all the managers the first time I speak to them on the Tool Station Western League podcast, and that is, can you tell us about your footballing journey to the Longwell Green dugout? Oh, <laughs> yeah. My good friend John Gibbs forced me. That's what happened. But, um, <laughs> no, um, you know, lived in the local area all my life, um, you know, and probably as it still is now, it, it was sort of like a club of friends. Um, I did the usual sort of, uh, you know, playing locally as a kid, um, played for Rovers and all that sort of stuff and was obviously nowhere near good enough. Um, and then played played at Bitten for a, a few years with some friends. Um, and then ended up going, always had links at Longwell Green through through my uncle, who was secretary up there. And, yeah, just ended up going to Longwell Green with um, Sam and Sam McAlinden and a few other friends. Um, and, or oh, what was I then? 1920. And uh, as we always say, you end up getting stuck at Longwell Green. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, in sort of like, you know, before we knew it, it became a sort of a team of friends. Um, like I say, myself, Sam McAlinden, Mark and Andy Summers. Yeah, it, it became a, a club full of friends and we ended up sort of, you know, doing okay, muddling our way into the to the Prem for a period of time. Um, and yeah, every year for the last sort of 10 years, I've been saying I'm going to retire, as my, my other half will tell you, but um, I just can't give it up. And then, yeah, last season when, when Joe and Steve sort of parted company with the club, John sort of said to me, would I, would I do it? And, you know, that depended on getting the right people in to help me, which I'm, I'm you know, very close, good friends with Mark Summers. Um, so I knew he'd sort of come in with me. And then it was quite dependent on getting Alex Grimshaw then from Bitten, who, who who played for us at Longwell as a youngster. And we've always stayed sort of close friends. And I just thought that would be a, a big thing to get him, as a not just as a player, but as a coach. So, um, and yeah, kind of ended up doing it from there and, yeah, already had good people at the club. Um, another coach, Ratib Ahmed, Tibbs, um, he was already there. He was a great guy, great coach. And then fortunately enough, um, when Phil Bater packed in up at Larkle, um, his son Geraint came down and uh, joined, the, joined the management team with, with me, Alex and Mark. So, um, yeah, it's sort of a management team of friends, really. And um, it's, it's, it's good fun. And like I say, we try to sort of uh, relay that to the players and, and have a good team spirit and sort of, yeah, we're really lucky to have John as a chairman and, like I say, known John years and years. So we're, we're, we're close friends with him. But, um, so, yeah, that's how I ended up sort of uh, doing it. Not not, not really ever had any intention of, of being a manager. always enjoyed sort of like the, the playing and the coaching, but not necessarily the managing. But, no, I have enjoyed it this year, to be honest. But, like I say, that's helped with having sort of good, good people around me, really. 
And my thanks to Chris for his time. Uh, now we'll move on to the game that I was at, odd down against Sherbourne Town, and there wasn't a lot in this one either, Tom. No, that well, you'd know better than me, but yeah, it was a sounded like a, a pretty pretty tense game. I don't think obviously Sherbourne uh, felt like they were romping towards the title, but uh, yeah, they came uh, made it made it a bit difficult for themselves on the weekend. Just one nil uh, to uh, prevail away at odd down. Uh, a, a pretty poor and bad injury in the first half, I believe, to Sam Farthing. Uh, so obviously they had to had to regroup after that, but they did just that. And uh, top scorer Alex Murphy managed to uh, do the business uh, early in the second half, putting them on up, and uh, they held out to to claim the three points in Bath. Yeah, we were a bit worried about Sam Farthing. Um, fortunately, we've got very good access to Sherbourne Town because James Healy, our social media manager, um, that's the club that he's um, supported um, all his life. So um, we we were able to get some information, and I I think the the inf- you know the the injury to Sam wasn't particularly pleasant, but I think he was certainly putting a brave face on it. So um, our thoughts go out to him, and and hopefully he'll be up and running again. Um, soon there was talk of pins and things being dislocated, which um, which I don't particularly choose to revisit. And neither did Ray Johnson at the time. Of course, Ray, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, was manager of Oddown in the 2015-2016 season when they won the Tool Station Western League Premier Division. And um, uh, you know, as Ray, the point that may, Ray made during commentary was that Oddown is never an easy place to go, and that's exactly how it proved for Sherbourne Town. I don't know whether Nick Beaverstock's side were um, deliberately employing spoiling tactics, but they made it very difficult in the first time, particularly for Sherbourne to find a rhythm and to find a way to play in the game. Sherbourne had the opportunity of a, of a, of a set piece, a corner at the beginning of the second half. And that's where they, uh, that's where they got their goal from. And they, um, they didn't really look back from that moment. It certainly was a better game in the second half than it was from the first. And if you listen, if you go to the Tool Station Western League website, you'll find the link to Match Day Live 2, the return, um, where Ray and I um, commentate on the game. We did have updates from across the rest of the Western League. And at the end of the uh, broadcast, we got some match reports from um, some of the big games in the first division, Warminster, Welton, Radstock. And uh, we managed to get them on. And we also managed to speak to the manager of Mausel, Jake Ash, as well. He made the time to speak to us, which I was very grateful for as well. All of that is wonderful, but not as wonderful as the fact that Odd Down raised over £500 for Bath Mind. It was an incredible achievement um, for the Bath Club. Um, I'm so grateful to everybody there who made us incredibly welcome on the day, but also raised so much money for Bath Mind. Obviously, we provided them with um, um, changing room posters, which is part of our mental health campaign, highlighting services, support services that are specifically designed for young men, um, designed for our players. And also the campaign gets us all talking about our own mental health needs. So such an important campaign, such an important initiative. And I'm so proud to report to the Tool Station Western League podcast. This is an exclusive. We haven't put this out into the press. We haven't put it on the website yet. That the six clubs that we visited have raised £1,200 for this particular campaign. So very important. So very incredible for both the league and the clubs that have helped us with this. So a huge amount of thanks goes to everybody, particularly Odd Down, who finished it in some style, I have to say. Um, I was particularly pleased um, and delighted with the with the support that we got from Ian and Alison Humphreys, from Ray Cunningham, and uh, also, of 
course, the, the director of football uh, at Odd Down, Everett Welsh. Now, many of you may have never heard of Everett before. You, you, some of you probably have. Um, but Everett has been a long-time supporter of the Tool Station Western League podcast. He messages me um, on a semi-regular basis, but his enthusiasm and his support means a huge amount. So on a personal level, it was lovely to meet the man and to shake his hand, um, but also for everybody at that club off the field who did so much to help us with this important campaign, I'm incredibly grateful so thank you very much odd down a wonderful club to visit i know tom you've been up there mm. um and i would certainly recommend you know for the for the few games that we get um um this season it's a place that you must visit on saturday they didn't win off on the field but they certainly won off it um so my thanks to them uh, for everything that they have done now finally Tom, we've got one more game to talk about in the First Division, and that was Wincanton Town against Titherington Rocks. Titherington Rocks sounds like the perfect name for a racehorse. The question is, were they at the races? Not to be for them on, on Saturday afternoon. It was Wincanton who definitely were. Uh, yeah, they yeah, well, they have been for quite a long time now. <laughs> uh, 3-0 win for them. Uh, they haven't suffered defeat in the league since early October, so, yeah, it's pretty much... Um, yeah, you expect them to turn up and, and win most Saturdays, and they did so again. Uh, uh, goals from Connor Williams. He's in yeah pristine form at the moment. Uh, Jack Atkins, I think that was his first for the club. Uh, and Dan Quirk also getting on the score sheet. So uh, another brilliant afternoon for, for the Wasps. Captain Quirk. Mm. He isn't, of course. It's Dan Wise, isn't it? But, That's it, um, yeah. I mean, with the name like that, he should be Maybe vice-captain. Captain. We don't know. Captain Quirk. Anyway, um, <clears throat> as one for the Star Trek fans. Uh, right. Moving swiftly on to the fixtures coming up, we've got a we've got quite a lot of um, action midweek, um, but we'll, we'll start with um, we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at the games on Saturday the 9th of April. Tom, which game has caught your eye in the Premier Division? Gone for uh, Wellington Mausel. Uh, Wellington unbeaten in three at home, uh, so they're going pretty well at the moment. A uh, couple of couple of recent wins, uh, but they're taking yeah, and well, and they are taking on second place Mausel. Obviously desperate for desperate for points. I think we're going to touch on the league tables in a minute, but uh, yeah, um, they'll be um, going 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 for the uh, going for the win, of course. And uh, yeah, these two teams, interesting enough, played out a three all draw on the opening day. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on on Saturday. Football fans talk about, obviously, we, we know that the English Premier Division is one of the top divisions in the world, and we know that the Championship rivals many other European leagues. But I tell you what, if you want competitive games, then you cannot look past the Tool Station Western League Premier Division. Whether we're talking about Bitten against Tavistock, that's going to be good, Buckland against Street, um, Helston Athletic take on Ilfracombe, Saltash against Shepton Mallet. I mean, we're, we're pound for pound. You can't put anything between these games. The game that I'm going to go for is Exmouth Town against Bridgewater United. What a top of the table clash. Exmouth need to keep going if they're going to have any chance at all of keeping pace with Tamstock. But they come up against Bridgewater United, the big red and black machine. I mean, you know, perhaps they've not been quite at it this season, but, you know, on their day, they're a match for anybody. That game will be an absolute belter, I'm absolutely sure, along with so many on um, Saturday, the 9th of April. And then we'll take a look into the first division, Tom. And really, I am very, very upset with you for taking what is possibly, in in, in my world, the greatest game in Western League football. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, if I was going to tell people that I'm taking 20th place against 12th place, I think they'd probably be like, well, what's, what's going on? But it is, it's one of our favourite ta- uh, clashes, isn't it? It's the Battle of the Bishops. Bishop Lydiard hosting Bishop Sutton. No real reason <laughs> you'd want to, <laughs> you know, pinpoint this. Uh, hopefully they get a, a decent crowd. I think Lydiard's not, not on the highest uh, number usually for, for attendance. So maybe a couple more try to get down on Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah, but obviously the last time they'll meet this season. So, yeah, let's see how they get on. It's the Battle of the Bishops. It is. I mean, big one. you know, that's a better title than El Clasico. Yeah. Um, or even the Coalfield Clasico, which, yeah, of course, I'd... is probably the biggest game at this level. But anyway, we'll worry about that if that happens in the playoffs. Um, we'll be talking about the t- league tables later. Before we move on there, I am going to talk about the Miners, Radstock Town. They take on Odd Down, of course, separated by only about... One, half a dozen miles, the two mm. sides. Uh, North East Somerset derby. Um, Radstock need to get back to winning ways. They need to consolidate their place if they're going to have a chance of getting into those playoffs. Of course, odd down, snapping at their heels. And um, they want to get a win there, I'm sure. That game will be competitive. Everybody who goes to Southfield Recreation Ground and gets a wonderful welcome, I'm sure odd down will be absolutely no different. So uh, that's where my... Um, interest will be on uh, on Saturday, the 9th of April. Now, before we wrap up this week's episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast, Tom, we better tell everybody where our runners and riders are in the league mm. tables. It's really hotting up now, isn't it? Every point, every league position makes a massive difference. Can you tell us who is sitting on top of the Premier Division? Yeah, big updates. Obviously, people, um, this pretty fluid situation. By the time we next speak, it will be... Yeah, well and truly different, I'm sure. But uh, at the moment, we've got the top three, I think, are probably chasing the title in the, in the Prem. All played 31. Uh, so they've got, we'll quickly work this out, five games left uh, each. Uh, we've got Tavistock still leading the way. 69 points from their 31 games. Uh, with a slightly superior goal difference to the other two as well. Uh, you've then got Mausall in second, 65 points. So they're four behind Tavistock. And then a further point back at Exmouth. So... Five points covering the top three. Five games to go for all of them. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be nip and tuck, isn't it? Uh, you've got Bridgewater in fourth. They've played 34, so they've only got a couple of games left, in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. And they've got 62 points. Uh, and then Saltash uh, in fifth. Uh, 32 games played for them, and they're on 59. So that's the uh, the top five in the Prem. And looking at the bottom, poor old Bridport, 19th, uh, played 32. They've got four points. Um a huge gap between them and Ashton and Batwell United. That's where I suppose the interest really starts because Ashton and Batwell have played 32. They've got 21 points. Above them is Street in 17th. They've also played 32. They've got 26 points. And above them is Cabri Heath. They've played one game more, 33, and they have 29 points. So whether the teams at the bottom can rally and change that order remains to be seen. Uh, we'll look at the first division, Tom, and uh, you have the pleasant job of looking at mm-hmm. the top. I do appreciate that you usually let me do the top. And, uh, yeah, that is where Sherbourne lie. Uh, 36 games played, so four left for them. Uh, they're on 87 points, so they are nine clear of Welton, who are in second. 35 games they've played, uh, so they've got five to go, and they're on 78. Uh, and then you've got Wincanton. Uh, they've played 34, so a further game uh, in hand, and they're on 74 points. Uh, Warminster, they are now in slip down to fourth. Uh, 35 games played, and they're also on 74, same as Wincanton. So, um, yeah, obviously a couple of games in hand for a few sides below Sherbourne. I think Wincanton, the maximum they can get to is about 92. Uh, Welton could get to about 93, I think, if maths is correct. So Sherbourne a couple of wins away. 
as long as they don't sort of fall off a cliff over the last four, if they can sort of win, I think if they probably won two of those, they're probably going to claim the title. But those those games in hand for the the other sides, I could sneak up on them if uh, if 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 the zebras slip up. But it's uh, looking like they're probably going to win the title. But there is a yeah, just uh, four points covering second, third, and fourth, and those are all uh, chasing down Sherborne. And at the bottom, uh, we have Devizes Town. They've played 35. They have 14 points. The only side that they can catch now is Bishops Lydiard in 20th, who have played 34 games, and they have 21 points. Uh, 10 points above them is Bristol Telephones. They've played 36. And then um, a point above them is Almondsbury. They've played 33. So plenty of games left to play for um, for Almondsbury. They've got 32 points that's the bottom of the tool station western league first division uh tom we've been reviewing as we always do your excellent bulletin um can you tell the listeners just in case they have been abduct, uh, abducted by aliens <laughs> where they can find that yeah indeed that's on the uh the tool station western league website um yeah, it's about halfway down the homepage. You can click on the click on the uh, the button there, and it'll take you to the the most recent one. And you can, yeah, download that in in whichever format you you prefer. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Thank you to Ray Johnson and uh, James Healy for their support with um, Match Day Live too. Thank you for everything that um, Odd Down have done, not just for uh, our latest live commentary broadcast but also for the bath mine campaign along with all of the clubs in bath and northeast somerset and i look forward to joining you next week on the tool station western league podcast (laughs) 